Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. That's Brian Greasy from ESPN's Monday Night Football. It's a big Monday morning for Trey Lance. It's going to be a second pro day workout, most notably in attendance the San Francisco 49ers and the Atlanta Falcons. The Niners pick three, the Falcons pick four. The draft is 10 days away on ESPN television and ESPN radio. And there are many people that believe the draft starts at three because one and two seem to be signed, sealed, and delivered. So let's extrapolate for one of those two teams and see how far they can go. Keyshawn Jabel, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. The Super Bowl champions are here. Of course, Key always in the house. Chris Canty in for Jay, who should be back a week from today. That'll officially make it draft week as we get ready for the 2021 event in front of fans in Cleveland, way back in the old days like it was in 2019. All right, so here's the deal, fellas. Let's talk a little bit about New York's football teams, the Giants and the Jets. Let's start with the Jets. Caesars William Hill has their over, under, at six. Let's presume it's Zach Wilson. You can go anywhere you want, but common sense says it's going to be Zach Wilson, first-year head coach, Robert Sala. Key, your old squad. Over, under, win total. Jets at six. Remember, 17-game season this year. Extra game for the first time as we bump it from 16 to 17. I'm going to say under. They're rebuilding. Even with an extra game, I think they're, they're, they're right at six or right slightly under. And, and, you know, just building. They're rebuilding. You got a rookie quarterback coming in. There's no – they don't really have skill set veteran type guys that you could count and say, all right, they're going to give us at least two victories if we put the ball in his hands. I mean, they're missing some stuff, but they're a building team. So I could see them winning five or six games. Yeah, I'm with Key on this one. I, I think the Jets are going to be under that total – it's at six right now, but you could actually have a team that's a lot better than where they were at last year. Like, they're bereft of talent, but they do have a lot of draft capital. They're going to make some picks, including Zach Wilson with the second overall. But, I mean, I just feel like this team, based on where they're at with their program, keep it in mind that they've got a first-time head coach in Rob Sala, and then also looking at the landscape of the AFC East, where you're the Buffalo Bills, the New England Patriots, the Miami Dolphins, they all got better. So I just look at this Jets team as a little bit of an uphill climb in terms of what their record is going to be in the way of wins and losses. But I do think that this program is going to take a big step forward in 2021. Yeah, it'll look like a program. It'll be organized, all of those sort of things. But the win total won't be, you know, over six. And and think about it. Six is not a lot to ask for, but this is a 2-14 and football team to Key's point. You got the 10-win Dolphins and the 13-win Bills getting better. Obviously, we know New England's going to turn it around most likely. They're not going to be a 7-win team. So it's just tough sledding for the Jets. Not only do they have a new coach and a new quarterback that's going to be learning the speed of the National Football League, not the Mountain West Conference, the other three teams in the division are either A, definitely getting better, or are currently ascending, which makes it a little bit more difficult. On the other side, as Key said, the Jets are rebuilding, so the pressure isn't there just yet. The Giants have been rebuilding, and they've been doing so for quite some time since the drafting of Saquon Barkley, since the drafting of Daniel Jones, the return of Dave Gettleman for a second go-around to the Giants' front office. This is a big year. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think I'm breaking any news there. The Giants' over/under win total, according to Caesars William Hill, is seven. Chris, of course, the Super Bowl champion with the Giants. Let's get your thoughts on the over/under. We'll get Key's thoughts, and then what will happen? if they were to precariously go under. Is it over under seven, though? 
I'm going to say it's over. And when you look at the NFC East, I think there are a lot of teams in that division that are still trying to figure it out. They haven't yet forged an identity. The team that you would probably say that's closest to doing that is the Washington football team, yet they have some question marks on the offensive side of the ball, and then they, they sign Ryan Fitzpatrick to be their quarterback. So I'm not necessarily sold on any one team being able to dominate this division, which opens the door for where the Giants are at. I, I look at that defense. That's clearly the identity of this group. Like, that's what they're trying to make it about. They were a top-10 scoring defense last year. Their offense is going to be a work in progress, but there's nowhere to go but up. They were 31st in the National Football League, so you got to think with the addition of Kenny Galladay and a healthy Saquon Barkley to go along with Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and that retooled offensive line – that offense should be a whole lot better. So I'm going to say over that seven wins. Over under key. Yeah, I'm going to say over. I think they can get to eight or nine. Uh, defense, much like Canty said, is kind of going to be the leader to, to to get them to the win total. They went out and signed a Dory Jackson to a big contract to shore up their secondary. Um, Leonard Williams is back in the fold. So you, you, you start to think about the defensive side of the ball for them. Offensively, Kenny Galladay's there. Uh, you, you bring in that receiver to try to help da- Danny Dines. But the key is how healthy will Saquon Barkley be because you've got to have a running game to take the pressure off of the quarterback. That's a great point. And I love the offseason pickup of Galladay. It's gone a little un- under the radar because there's so many big moves. But I really think Galladay can help. All right, so – Chris, you're a little more bullish on your old squad. You've got them at over seven. But, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if things don't go right, he said Saquon, Saquon got hurt. You saw what happened. Let's just say for whatever reason, they fall under the seven. Whose heads roll? Well, it's got to be the general manager, first and foremost, right? I mean, Dave Gettleman was bought here to get things figured out. John Mara decided he was going to hire him after he fired Jerry Reese at the end of that 2017 season. And since then, you're talking about three consecutive double-digit loss years. Now, the owner came out earlier this offseason and said they had some miscalculations back back with what they did in 2018 in terms of where their team was at and, and how close they were to actually winning. To me, that's the owner putting the GM on notice that we need to have more tangible results. It's great that we're playing more competitive football under Joe Judge, and the fact that the Giants were in the division race technically in Week 17 is a good sign. Yep. But again, you're talking about a six and ten season. So at some point, you're going to have to start turning turning this thing around and having some winning seasons get back to what Giants fans are used to, rather than having the owner try to explain what went wrong all the time every single offseason. What happens to Daniel Jones? That's a great question. If the Giants fall under that win total then you have to say that Daniel Jones has not lived up to the promise, the expectations that Dave Gettleman placed on him when he drafted him the sixth overall pick. You're probably going to be looking to upgrade the quarterback position. I mean, you're talking about a player in his first two years that's accounted for 39 turnovers. Zubin, it's hard to win when your quarterback gives the ball away 20 times a season. Now, not all the turnovers are his fault. But still, there are some things that you would like to see Daniel Jones improve on, and making sure that he's protecting the football, ball security in the pocket has got to be one of them. The guy fumbles way too much in the pocket. Now, part of that is a product of being hit, but he's got to be better in that regard. He's got to be better in terms of being being able to elevate the talent around him, more explosive plays on the offense. We're just not seeing that from Daniel Jones consistently enough. So if they don't go over – then they're going to be looking at that quarterback position as well. Is his hand small? Do you know no, you know, he doesn't have small hands. I wonder why no. he fumbles a lot. I'm, I'm under, you know, ball security because he does fumble an awful lot. 
You I mean, agree just, with Chris that it would be Gettleman and Jones. It'd have to be a complete reboot. Yeah, you 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 got to think about it. Uh, Jerry Reese was fired in what 2017. Mm-hmm. He went to what two Super Bowls yep. as a general manager. I mean, one two Super Bowls. Yeah, you went and a guy who won two Super Bowls as a GM. You fired him. This dude can't even get you into the playoffs, and right. you just you know, he's got to go. And I think he knows it, and I think the family, I think, I think the owners of the Giants, uh, both Tish and the Merrill family, know that this, this is probably a make-or-break situation for not only the quarterback but as well as the general manager. Let me ask you what you guys think. So I grew up in the area. Obviously, I didn't play for the Giants, but I grew up about Who did 40- you play for? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would have heard of Because you said, obviously, I didn't play for the Giants. I was about to say, well, well, who did you play for? <laughs> I don't think you have to be watching on TV to realize that one. You can probably tell. But – Listen, I mean, you obviously played in Jersey. You played uh, for the Giants. And one thing that I've noticed, having grown up about 40 minutes from the stadium, you know, I think outside of the tri-state area, I think if you're listening to us or watching us from outside of New York, you probably think New York's a baseball town, right? It's the Yankees. I'm telling you, I don't think people outside of this area realize how big the Giants fan base. It is a monstrous fan base. It's still a Yankee town. I got all that. When I was a kid, Chris, the old Giants stadium, and this is something I think the Giants are aware of, especially at the ownership level. And I don't think Gettleman cares about this, and I know Daniel Jones doesn't care about this. But this is something Tish and Mara care about. When I was a kid, the old Giants stadium was Mm 78,000. And every ticket, every ticket was a season ticket. So there were no single-game tickets. You could get single-game tickets to the Jets and all that, and the Jets have their fans too. (laughs) But the Giants was 100% 78,000 season tickets tickets right and then like every other legendary team they have like the 25 year waiting list you got to pass it down from the family when i watch the giants now and i understand cowboy fans are as you know as well cowboy fans are at every game but like i'll see like a giants eagles game with wentz playing the giants at metlife there's a ton of eagles fans there's a ton of fans of every other team and i understand it's pittsburgh and dallas gets that green bay but I've been seeing that at Giants games for the last few years. You never saw it, Chris. Mm-hmm. You never, ever saw it. It was all Giants fans all the time. They weren't giving up their tickets because their team is great. And now, it, I'm not saying it feels like a Charger game, <laughs> but it kind of feels like a Charger game when I'm watching it. And I know the ownership level. At the ownership level, you can't just take your fans for granted. Oh, they're just going to show up. We've got a 25-year waiting list. Well, you can't do that. With your fans. Yeah, the last thing that the Giants organization wants the fans to do is become apathetic. But, I mean, what happens, Zubin, when you have six of the last seven seasons be double-digit loss seasons? It's a lot of losing. There hasn't really been a whole lot for Giants fans to look forward to. The one winning season you had ended with Odell Beckham Jr. deciding that he wanted to take the wide receivers on a boat trip to Miami (laughs) and then go out and pregame in Green Bay with your shirts off and then get blasted by the Packers. See, Think about that. That that, that That was the only thing that Giants fans had to look forward to this decade. Zubin, the last time that team has been really good, the last time they won a playoff game, I was on the team. (laughs) <laughs> that was the year we won the Super Bowl in 2011. So, I mean, it's been a long time. I can understand the frustration from the fan base. I understand John Mara coming out and trying to encourage the fans and saying that they're going to get it turned around. The only thing is, at this point, it's a lot less about what you're saying and more about what you're doing. I think they got the right head coach. They got the pieces in place. I don't think there's any excuses for the Giants not to be a winning team this year. See, if OBJ would have kept his shirt on and they wouldn't have went to Miami, then they'd have won. No, if he would have caught the passes that Eli Manning threw to him, he got to catch those passes. Exactly. 
Yeah, exactly. Zubin had nothing to do with no damn Miami trip. Wide receiver sticking up for wide It receiver. has nothing to do Ke- with that. Ke- it's Keyshawn, the reality of Keyshawn, it is. Keyshawn, the they reality, threw, Keyshawn, he they, catch threw, the ball. they threw him the damn ball, he and he didn't catch it. He got to catch it. He didn't catch it. I am not saying at all he's got to catch it. But this whole little narrative that he went to Miami and therefore he lost focus in the playoff game is just crazy to me. All right, it's just, crazy. Just to me. don't take your fans for granted. I'm just telling Giant fans they've stuck with you forever. He you got incredible fans. Don't overall? take them for granted. Number six overall. Yeah. What other quarterback? I don't. What, Kyler, Murray, I know. Kyler Murray went one. Haskins went fifteen. So it was those three, right? Yeah, it was those at three. the top. Okay. Yeah. And the controversial yeah, I mean, trade up to six to get him, which is another yeah. story. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have traded up to get him. <laughs> That's another story in and of itself. More basketball talk from New York here in just one minute. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. It's time for some straight talk. Cutting your wireless bill in half feels good. Home run in the ninth good. Straight Talk offers 25 gigs of high-speed data, 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys in America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. The NBA playoffs are about a month away. Julius Randle balled out fourth straight game with 30. Zion at 34 and 9 and one big smile after taking the floor at the world's most famous arena. And that's already got people in the NBA tossing out conspiracy theories. Knicks win. They've won six in a row. It's the first time in seven years they've done it. And they're looking to get maybe home court in the first round of the playoffs. Let's talk about it more with the Hall of Famer, Doris Burke. She joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. Okay, Doris. Um, what's the biggest reason the Knicks are having this resurgence season? Oh, it's the defense unequivocally and the commitment that Julius Randle has made. You know, Julius has gone from a young man, like most guys who enter the league, thinking the single most important thing I can do to be successful in the NBA is score the basketball. Uh, but Julius has done so much more than scored, and we get lost in the 44 points or the 30 points, and he's been brilliant, and you can tell he's worked so hard on the perimeter jump shot he's now legit from three you've got to guard him it opens up his dribble drive game but the fact of the matter is and this shocked me Zubin I had ESPN research uh look at this for me because I was like ah Julius is playing so much harder for such longer stretches on the defensive end do you know if the season ended today the number one power forward in defensive plus minus would be Julius Randall so Mm. it gives you some level of commitment he's made um, the improvement of R.J. Barrett as a shooter, although he didn't have a, a great second half, turned it over too much yesterday. Uh, but I, if I was going to point to one thing, I'd say the defensive end of the floor, the commitment they've made, um, that is certainly the anchor to the New York uh, Knicks' success. Doris, now that they're rolling, what do the Knicks need to do to become an attractive destination outside of, oh, this is New York City, come join us for free agents in the future? Yeah, and, and you guys who are professional athletes know this. I think the first thing they're looking for is probably strength within the organization, uh, the kind of structure and commitment to winning uh, that gives you the sense that I've got a shot to get where I want to go, and that's to compete for championships. So I feel like, um, you know, uh, the addition of Wesley, the addition of Leon Rose, I feel like there's been this – shift in attitude toward the New York Knicks that there is now a plan in place and that perhaps the ownership is turning the keys over in the appropriate manner to to the organizational structure to let them make the right decisions and uh, I may be crazy and I'd love your guys take on this I still think that the New York Knicks when when they're good the league feels a little bit better 
Uh, I still marvel at the fact that I know COVID's been different, but over the last several years, you know, we would still call an occasional New York Knicks game. We might be in there on a Friday or a Saturday night. They're awful. They're out of the playoff picture. And yet that building at the slightest glimmer of hope or a competitive game or one of their young stars doing something, the place was electric. Like, am I out of my mind to think potentially New York could be a draw to these NBA players? No, you're, you're not. And, and you look at other sports in big cities and big markets and historical <clears throat> franchises when they're great or good or even halfway decent, people want to be a part of it. Um, you know, Lakers, the Celtics, the Yankees. I mean, you just go on and on. Even the Raiders mm. in football. I mean, people want to yeah. be Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants. People want to be a part of those sort of things. I mean, that's just, you know, that's the way it is. Doris, the, the Knicks coming into this season, Vegas had their over-under win total at 22. They're 31-27 and 27 now. I know a lot of the fan base has kind of recalibrated the expectations on this team. But what do you see for the Knicks for the rest of the regular season, and where do you expect them to land when it comes time to start the postseason? Yeah, well, they don't have an easy out. The Brooklyn Nets have the hardest schedule remaining of the Eastern Conference teams. I'm 99% sure the Knicks have the second hardest remaining schedule. But you know what you're going to get nightly, right? You're going to get a team that's committed to the defensive end. And listen, they're showing you, right, that if you compete for 48 minutes, you give up one contested shot, you finish that possession with a defensive rebound, you keep your turnovers to a minimum, you're going to give yourself a chance in the NBA's regular season to win games. Here's my long-term question for them and the viability to hold up in a series in the playoffs. I... Every time I watch the New York Knicks, I think, oh, my goodness, if they had a Joe Harris-level shooter, somebody in the role position, role player position, that can just be prepared, shot ready in catch-and-shoot situations to consistently knock down threes above 40%. Listen, I know RJ has made this incredible step and commitment. Julius is a better three-point shooter. Bullock knocks down a big-time three, you know, after a couple of defensive mistakes of the New Orleans Pelicans to get him into overtime. But I feel like in the modern NBA, if you don't have enough three-point shooting, it is really difficult to sustain any sort of measurable success when it matters most. Dorsberg, Unless you have the KDs and, you know, the KDs and Clays and Stephs who shoot 55% in the mid-range game or 55% against contested jump shots. Doris Burke, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Doris, help me understand what I'm seeing. And you got the game tonight, Philadelphia 76ers, Golden State Warriors. Understand what I'm seeing with my eyes on this amazing Steph Curry run that he's having right now. I mean, it is. It's absurd. And, you know, Mark Jackson, you know, two decades in the league as a player, over a decade, you know, now calling the number one team with Jeff and Mike, and a guy who obviously was, you know, the turning point in terms of coaching the the Golden State Warriors from a team that couldn't get into the playoffs to a respected defensive team and in the playoffs. So a guy that has been immersed in the league. And he said on our Saturday prime game, there is no one, not one single player who in the last 40 years has been more impactful in changing the game than Steph Curry. Like, think about who said that and the power of his words. 
Listen, LeBron James is the most accomplished player in the league. There's no dispute about that. He's been the best player for as long as he's been in the league or very close to every single year. <clears throat> but I think, I think Mark's point was the shooting, the range, the absolute defensive bending, principle bending that Steph's shooting has provided. And, you know, think about it. You know, there's been long stretches of Steph's career where he was doubted. Okay, he was six foot, 160 pounds, couldn't play high division one, has a marvelous career at Davidson, you know, starts to have some success. Even his first championship, you know, there were debates about, well, this person got hurt on this organization and that person. I almost feel like this young man has always been doubted. So then no clay. Kevin Durant no longer plays there. And Draymond is not scoring the way he did. Not that he's ever been a huge scorer, but Draymond's game offensively, you know, I, don't, I, don't want, I won't say receded because what he gives you, he lays his body on the line nightly, defensively. The guy's been brilliant. But look at what he's doing with the players beside him. He almost dragged them across the finish line against Boston. I Listen, I cannot wait for tonight's game. I know he's going to cool off at some point, but I'm hoping to goodness it is not tonight. I hope not either. We'll see if that streak continues. Mark Jackson was the guy that said Curry and Thompson were going to be the best shooting backcourt of all time. People laughed at him. Who's laughing now? And oh, by the way, often not mentioned, Steph has also changed the way the women's game is played. I can't tell you, Doris, how many women's players I've spoken to over the years that have said because most of the game is played under the rim, it's not just the shooting that it's affecting the men's game. He's also affecting the women's game. So anybody that's picking up a basketball has been affected one way or another by Steph Curry. Great analysis, as always. We'll look for you on the call tonight. Thank you, DB. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Steph Curry matched Kobe's record. This is what Kobe... Uh, and the mention that Doris had a break in the record that Key asked. Ten straight games with at least 30. He had 47 in Saturday's loss to the Celtics, as DB mentioned. Tatum went off that night, too. The Monday morning roundup is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. And that was Doris Burke on the Goodyear Hotline. On the way, what quarterbacks have the most pressure on them in the fall of 2021 in the NFL? Key has a list, and you have your reactions. That's, that's next after Key has this from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com 
slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Pivots, passes wing right for Neil Aquina. Back to Randall. Wing right three at the shot clock. Buzzer! Buried it. He got it, and that might have been the dagger for Julius Randall. At the moment, it's 33 points and an eight-point advantage for the New York Knicks in overtime. Key, if the Lakers knew Julius Randall was going to be like this Julius Randall, huh? Well, we got AD. We are. Right. That's true. Fourth straight game with at least 30 for Julius Randle, the newest New York Knicks superstar. Zion had 34, nine rebounds and one big smile after the game, talking about how much he enjoyed playing at the world's most famous arena. Ten-point win for the Knicks over Zion and the Pelicans. The Knicks have now won six in a row. That's their longest winning streak in seven years, and they sit firmly in position to try to grab home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Long time coming. Tom Thibodeau is certainly going to get some coach of the year consideration. That other New York basketball team, the Nets, they're banged up again. What else is new? Kevin Durant going down again just four minutes in in their game against the Heat, which they lost. Now, remember, the big three have just barely been together at all. They played just seven games together. Harden's been on the shelf for a while. Kyrie's out for personal reasons. Durant had just missed 23 games with a hamstring, and he just came back. But as many people have said, just get him healthy when it counts, and we'll see. They just haven't been able to get themselves out there together. Will that mess with their chemistry when it counts the most? We'll find out. The Yankees don't have any chemistry at all right now. They are off to their worst start since 1997. They're 5-10. They lost to the Rays yesterday. Aaron Boone, after the game, saying we're just sort of getting punched in the mouth. Sports Center brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. It's time for some Straight Talk. Cutting your wireless bill in half feels good. Home run in the ninth good. Straight Talk offers 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month. Up to 50% less than the other guys on America's best network. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. And earlier this morning, Key, we went in-depth on Key's real rankings. You can check it out in-depth in hour one of the podcast. But we want you to reel off your top quarterbacks that are going to have the most pressure this year these are generally speaking new guys that are under a ton of pressure this year key reel them off one at a time and then we'll see if chris agrees we'll get some tweets and we'll get the fellas to call in to see who you're missing well chris i had at number five i had uh don uh, Don, donald i had andy dalton 
because I think when you look at Mitch Trubisky, he took Chicago to the playoffs. Andy Dalton kind of was bad in Dallas. Now he goes to Chicago. You look at the situation there. They trade one guy for the next, but if he doesn't live up to those expectations, at least getting them into the playoffs, he could be gone. Nagy could be gone. The general manager pace can be gone. It could be an entirely new regime there. Um, at the four spot, I'm trying to remember, who did I have at four? Was it? Darnold. Yeah, Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. I had Sam Darnold at four because you look at similar situation where there was a starting quarterback in place in Teddy Bridgewater. But Carolina has a lot of weapons and a solid defense. Yep. Kristen McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson. You know, you start to look at what they're capable of doing. Joe Brady calling plays, uh, the offensive coordinator. So you say Sam didn't do well. Last year they were 2-14 and 14 here in New York. Now he goes. They give up picks to get him. He has an opportunity. They're going to pick up his fifth-year option in May. Mm-hmm. He has an opportunity to kind of re-energize his career there. So that's a lot of pressure. The third guy on my list was Jameis Winston. Jameis comes in, he takes over for Drew Brees. You know, you, you hear about 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns, <laughs> and I laugh and chuckle at you when you said Daniel Jones, a lot of those turnovers were not his fault. Well, I say the same thing about Jameis Winston. A lot of those turnovers are not all on him. Some of them are tip balls, some of them are balls that are off the hands of the receivers, and some of them are thrown to the other team. I look at Sean Payton and what Sean Payton could do with him to get him moving and going in the right direction. And then the number two guy for me was Carson Wentz. I flipped him. Carson was three instead of two. I flipped him. Jameis was two. But now Carson Wentz, I look at Carson Wentz coming over from the Philadelphia Eagles, being traded to an Indianapolis Colt team that had a took Buffalo down to the wire in the playoffs Mm -hmm. with an old guy named Phillip Rivers. Everything is perfect. Frank Reich is there. You got receivers and young Michael Pittman Jr. You got running games and Taylor. I mean, you got an offensive line. The defense is solid. There's no excuses or no issues for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz should certainly get back on track to his winning ways when he was a rookie. Mm -hmm. And then the number one guy is Matthew Stafford. You know, we heard so many excuses about why Matthew Stafford hasn't succeeded in Detroit. Oh, well, he doesn't have players, or the coaches are bad, or this is that. You got all these excuses for Matthew Stafford. Now there's no excuses, right? There's none. You go out to L.A. They gave up the form to get you. They gave up picks. They gave up Jared Goff, a guy they gave up picks to get Mm -hmm. with the number one overall pick. You got a hell of a defense. You got skill position weapons and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and those guys. Henderson at the running back spot. Cam Akers. I mean, you got everything. You got an offensive innovator. Three years ago, this head coach, you stand next to him, you can get a job. Mm-hmm. You stand next to Sean McVay, Zubin, they hire you. Hey, yeah, you, you're next head coach. You're going to be like Sean McVay. There's no excuses. So that's my list. Two should have been Jameis instead of three, and Wentz should have been three instead of two, but you get it. I get where you're coming from. The one thing I will push back on a little bit with Matt Stafford is in comparison to the other three guys that are behind him on this list, he's an established quarterback in this league. Like, he's proven over a period of time that he's capable of playing high-quality football. Like, those other quarterbacks, they've shown it in flashes, but they haven't been as consistent. And I think in a lot of ways, they're fighting for their career mortalities as starters in this league. So that's the one thing that I will look at and say, 
I don't know if I would have Stafford as number one on this list. The expectations are going to be through the roof with the Rams and him coming over in that trade because two first-round draft picks is a lot to give up for a quarterback at his age with two years remaining on his contract. So I get where you're coming from. I just look at those other quarterbacks, and I feel like those are more pressure-packed situations, particularly when you look at the Carson Wentz circumstances because everybody and their mama makes excuses (laughs) for Carson Wentz as to why he couldn't have success last year, why he led the NFL in sacks and interceptions and only played in 12 games. Now those excuses are gone. You've got a really good offensive line in Indy. They're working on putting really good skill position players around you. You got a thousand yard rusher in Jonathan Taylor. You got a defense that's perennially in the top 10. There are no excuses as to why Carson Wentz can't go out there and have success. And when I say success, this is not just getting to the playoffs. It's having a chance to win playoff games and put this team in the title contention rounds. That's what people are going to be looking at Carson Wentz to do in 2021. Matthew Stafford's in the same position Carson Wentz is in. Jared Goff took his team to the Super Bowl two years ago, took his team to the playoffs again last year. He's been in the playoffs three to four years that he was with the Rams Mm -hmm. as the starting quarterback. They gave up two first-round picks to get Matthew Stafford. The only thing that you ever heard out of L.A. is, what's the problem with the Rams? The quarterback. What's Mm -hmm. the problem with the Rams? The quarterback. What's the problem? The quarterback. Nothing else. Had nothing to do with the coach. Nothing to do with the receivers, nothing to do with the defense. It was always the quarterback. So now you insert a guy that you believe can get you over the top. So you said, okay, I'm investing in him in this short term to see if Matthew Stafford can get us over the top to pack our new stadium because we expect a guy who was in Detroit that put up crazy numbers year in and year out, the only thing he was missing was a qualified head coach, and some players around him. That's the that's what everybody was saying. Everybody. The same thing people would say about Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Essentially, they were saying about uh, Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. He needs this. He needs – well, here you go. You got everything. That's why he's number one on the list. I mean, you could – I could say the same thing about Jameis. I could say the same thing about Wentz. I could kind of put all these quarterbacks in a pressure cooker. But I mm-hmm. think because it, the stakes are so high in L.A. with Matthew Stafford – that that pressure is come to bear at any moment that he does not deliver. A couple tweets from the fellas. We've got one here that says, Jameis, pressure, because they're a playoff team, but mm-hmm. less than the others because he isn't the new guy on their team. That's an important distinction. Stafford, first year with the Rams. Jameis, second year with the Saints, but it would be his first year as a starter. Eb, scroll down to a line I fan. I like this one. A line I fan. Pressure is on Nagy and Pace. Dalton didn't put himself in this no-win situation. Actually feel bad for the guy <laughs> as a Bears fan. So he's basically saying the pressure isn't on Dalton to win. He, he may have already gotten through the pressure by being named the starter before anything happens. Mm-hmm. It's the residual effect of what may happen. And at the end of the day, Key, there's a lot of people say that Wentz needs to be in your top two. I'm seeing a lot of Wentz at the top, Wentz at number two. I know you have Wentz down just a little bit lower, but a lot of our fellas here are weighing in and saying Wentz needs to be top two. But many agree with you. Stafford is a clear number one. Yeah, I mean, you got to think, though, uh, Canty. Hmm. They gave up two ones, dog. Yeah. For a team that was just – remember, they was just in the Super Bowl. 2018, yeah. You're right. They was in the Super Bowl, like, fighting against New England and trying to get it done. He played well against New Orleans. I mean, he, they was straight. And then all of a sudden, two years later, they're like, nah, uh, we got to get an upgrade. So that upgrade you went and got 
was Matthew Stafford. You yeah. didn't go out and get terrific Tom. You didn't go out and get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You gave up that to get that. Well, a guy that's 0-3 lifetime in the playoffs. Yeah, the irony is you're getting rid of a guy that's won playoff games for a guy that's never won a playoff game. That's all game I'm saying. In order to get you over the hump. But the one thing I will say with the compensation, one of those two first-round draft picks they sent to Detroit was doing Detroit the solid for taking off that Jared Koff contract. Like, without getting too far in the weeds, a part of that was the Rams just wanting to get rid of the golf contract because they made a mistake when they gave him that extension in the first place. Yes, and that's a good point because the Rams director of college scouting became the Lions GM, so it's probably a little easier to yeah. make that whole organization work. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, it's time for Call the Roulette. If you're new to the program, no problem. Here's the deal. Hit us up, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You call, Evan picks up the phone, he'll give you a line number. Remember that number. We'll call that line. You tell us who you are, where you're calling from, Ask Key and Chris anything you want. Simple. Call, get the line number, name, city, boom. Let's try to get this done. As many questions as possible for the fellas. That's right after Key has this from Straight Talk. It's time for some Straight Talk. Sure, saving money feels good, but cutting your wireless bill in half, that feels really good. Like a walk-off home run in the ninth inning, good. Okay, maybe not that good. But pretty darn good, I would say. With Straight Talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys. Plus, there's no contract. That seems to be really easy. All on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Sounds like a deal to me. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. I'll take that. It's time for Call a Roulette. You know the rules. Don't ask us how we are. We're good. I don't want to hear any of that. Get in, say your name, and make your point, and ask the question. 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. And don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Especially you, Line 5. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, much like your favorite gas station, it's time to fill it up. <laughs> fill up the lines. We're ready to go. It's call a roulette. So it's simple, right? Everybody's lined up. I'm going to just say a line. Alan's going to spin the wheel. I'll give you a line. If that's your line and you should know it, boom, your name, where yeah, you're calling don't from. Don't say what's up to us either. Right. We're doing fine. 
Thanks for asking. Hope your weekend was good. All right, here we go. Spin it down. Line three. Or not. That was supposed to be Brandon. I was listening during the break, Brandon. You let us down. I don't know if I can ever get over it. Spin the wheel. All right, I'm over it. Line one. Christian, Salt Lake City, especially directed to Keyshawn. Who do you take with the Pac-12 South in football this season, Utah or USC? Man, I'm taking USC. What type of question is that? <laughs> I ain't even a, why would I take Utah? I mean, Utah's beat us a couple times over the last couple years. I'm not taking no damn Utah. There you have it. Spin it. Who does, who does Key like better, UCLA or USC? What kind of questions? Okay. <laughs> Line two. <laughs> hey, yeah, man, it's Isaac from Texas. This is for both of you guys. I just want to get input on the New Orleans Saints this year. No new quarterback, not much money, a lot of let goes. We just want to get your opinion on where we're going to be this year. I think they win the South again. I think that they – I think when you look at it, it's, you know, Sean Payton knows that he needs to get things turned around in terms of finishing strong in the playoffs. Last several years have been a disappointment. They keep Michael Thomas healthy. Alvin Kamara's there. Cook is there. They've got some pieces. And Jameis Winston, I think, is their quarterback of the future. Yeah, I'm going to say that they get into the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to win the NFC South, not with Tom Brady and the Bucks bringing the band back together. I think they're a wild card team because Sean Payton is a really good head coach. He'll get the best out of what Jameis Winston has to offer. Spin it, Allen. For the first time ever... It might be two questions with one man or one lady. Line four. Tom, Maryland, will the U, University of Miami, ever be back? And two, will my Minnesota Vikings ever win the NFC North? Uh, Miami's not going to be back at the level that Clemson's at Mm-mm. for a while. I mean, I just, it, it's just not, I don't think it's going to happen. Clemson has that thing rolling right now they actually are plucking players out of the south florida area sending them up to clemson to go play ball in south carolina and then in terms of minnesota i don't know kenny i don't not no not as not long with as, kirk cousins as they yeah, start quarterback say, that's not gonna happen just, nah yeah no, and aaron Rodgers trolling in the division you're in yeah. trouble yeah. yeah vikings have the 14th overall pick could they could they be quarterback hunting if someone falls we'll find out in 10 days spin it out Line six. J.D. from Dallas. With Dallas being a big market, why can't the Dallas Mavericks attract other top-tier free agents? After Dirk won a championship, no top-tier free agents. Luke, a young upcoming player, is it more the coach and the GM? Because that's the only common denominator. Well, I think the top – when you look at the top free agents, they go to, like, big cities. I know Dallas is a big metropolitan city, but Mm -hmm. when Chicago, L.A., New York – Boston is trolling you, it's kind of hard to to get into that mix, even though Mark Cuban's a great owner and he supports his players. Those other those other organizations, man, in those big cities is just too much. Yeah, those other organizations, they're, they're just like when you start talking about the Lakers or the Miami Heat, when you have guys that are available or about to become available, they try to force their way to those places because those, those programs have proven that they can compete at a championship level. The Dallas Mavericks haven't gotten there yet. They did make the move a couple of years ago to bring over Porzingis to be that 1B 
to Luka Doncic 1A, but that team still has to develop a little bit more. They've got to show a little bit more, especially when we get into the postseason, before other players around the NBA are going to start buying in. And it's a solid, it's a solid organization. There's the, nothing wrong with to it. To the yeah. caller's point, Luka was drafted, Porzingis via trade, so neither guy from free agency can yeah. get those guys. Dallas and Fort Worth together is the Metroplex. It's a bigger market than Houston, but just cities alone, Houston, not Dallas, is actually the biggest city in the state of Texas. Alan Spinnett. They told us not to do this, but let's do it. Line five. Uh, yeah, uh, my comments for Keyshawn. How you doing this morning? What's happening, man? Um, I was I was watching you earlier today hating on Bama with the quarterback from USC decommitting and going to Alabama. <laughs> yeah, he should have did that. Played USC. They beat him fifty-two to ten. So what's say, up with that? Hey, hey, I didn't say nothing about <laughs> Alabama beating up on USC. I was glad it was a miracle that we we canceled the game we're supposed to play in 2020 at Arlington and Texas AT&T Stadium. I was so happy that they canceled. I didn't want to see Alabama. Alabama is a much better <laughs> football program than us. It's not even close. But I also don't want to see Bryce Young fly all the way across all them schools in them states to go to Alabama. Why in the hell would I want that when he's down the street a 40-minute drive to USC? Let's try to squeeze in one more, Alan. Spin it. And we'll end with line one. This is Mike from Georgia. If the Giants don't make their win total, do you see Daniel Blake, uh, Daniel Jones becoming a a player like the guy in New Orleans or just getting rid of him? Daniel Jones is going to be on the streets if they don't win enough games to get them into the playoffs. Him yeah. and Dave Gettleman alone, can't he? Yeah, Daniel Jones is going to have a tough time being the starting quarterback for the New York Giants moving forward if they don't have a winning season this year. Like a tough time eating some damn things called Tasty Cakes. Man, please. <laughs> West Coast hate, man. And, man, that stuff is nasty, Zubin. I do see Daniel Jones walking on the streets of Hoboken occasionally, but Key says he'll be on the street, period. Out. We'll see you tomorrow.